Aha! Oh yeah now. I'm Ark of God, it's good to be back and um, I'm excited and I know you're excited too. Um, it's been a while, some of you, you have been seeing my handwriting all over the place. I'm still here, bouncing, awesome and handsome, yeah, that's it. Now this time I, I want to also speak that you can hear my voice. And this time around I'm here with a gift for you, you know, for all your loyalty some people will ask me ask of god what's up let's hear from you let's read from me and all of that i always like to do that because it's always my you know joy to reach out and to always make sense this time again it's another sense and i i i read the book i have read it over and over and then um, i felt like it would be bad for me not to let you know about it I know you have come across it before, but this time I want to give life to it. There, there is there's an act of God effect, you know. If I've come across that, you know what I mean. There's a way, you know, you are ready to do it when you hear act of God talk about it. And that is what I want to do this time around. The greatest salesman in the world. It's a book, and this book is just more than a book. It's from the small cedar chest. It's something that if you have not read, uh, you are doing yourself a great disservice. Seriously, you must read this book for you. You know, uh, it, it's just part of those things you just have to do. You know, in your lifetime, if you want a, a great result, you must read this book. Get in touch with these principles. Get in touch with these scrolls of wisdom and get things done. See, sometimes experience will not help us because experience, like you know, uh, Ogmadino said in the book, is is just like fashion. Sometimes it works out, sometimes it does not work out. But principles are timeless. They are always working. And you know, when you put them to use, you are always sure of what result you're going to get from them. And that's why I'm going to be reading this book to you, The Greatest Salesman in the World. I want you to make few commitments to me. The first one is you will listen. The second one is you will take to heart whatever you read there. And the third one is you will do as much as is needed or expected of you to do to become a better person. I'll be coming to you, you know, sometimes more than once in a week. But every time I will get you notified. When I drop it, you'll get it. The thing is, we need to do this together. And I know you are ready. Let's go there. Aha. Oh, yeah. I am Mark of God. Remember, I'm not always a better person, but I'm ready to grow and grow without limit. Growth is a goal for me. I will keep growing. Thank you. Tell your friend I'm back. Failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. Failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. Failure will never overtake me because my determination to succeed is strong enough. Failure will never overtake me because my determination to succeed is strong enough. I can accomplish far more than I have, and I will. For why should the miracle which produced me end with my birth? I can accomplish far more than I have and I will. For why should the miracle which produced me end with my birth? I can accomplish far more than I have and I will. For why should the miracle which produced me end with my birth? I will persist until I succeed. I was not delivered into this world into defeat. Nor does failure cause in my veins. I am not a sheep waiting to be prudent by my shepherd. I am a lion and I refuse to talk or to walk, to sleep with a sheep. The slaughterhouse of failure is not my destiny. I will persist until I succeed. I will persist until I succeed. I am a lion and I refuse to talk, to walk. To sleep with a sheep. The slaughterhouse of failure is not my destiny. Failure will never overtake me because my determination to succeed is strong enough. I want you to listen to this over and over again. We are just starting. Like I told you, we are going to be going through the greatest salesman in the world together. 
those commitments you made before i want you to make them again you will listen you will commit to heart what you hear and you will do as much as is needed of you to become a better person it's important that we get better it's important that we become better people for our generations and the ones to come it's going to be a different thing entirely this time around if you have ever had this opportunity before trust me it's a different thing with ark of god we're going to do it together and i'm very sure that you'll be happy for doing it after this time i'm going to be coming through to you reading the words and sometimes you may need to just stop over and do some little explanation you know concerning whatever we have read so that we can have better understanding till that time be the best you can be don't give in to anything that wants you to give up your destiny is bigger than you giving up you have gone too far to go back now i am act of god i am not a better person but i'm always willing to grow and grow without limit i know you are ready to join me and we're going to do it together it's good to have you again tell your friend i am back good today is great make it greater yeah it's um our read through of the greatest salesman in the world let's go it was winter and the shield was bitter on the Mount of Olives from Jerusalem across the narrow cleft of Kidron Valley came the smell of smoke, incense, and burning flesh from the temple and its foulness mixed with the turpentine odor of the tabret trees on the mountain. On an open slope, only a short descent from the village of Bedpage, slumbered the immense trade caravan of patrols of Pamri. The hour was late. And even the great Martian favorite stallion had ceased munching on the low pistachio bushes and settled down against a soft edge of laurel. Beyond the long roll of silent tents, strands of thick and curled around four ancient olive trees, they, mo- they formed a square coral enclosing shapeless forms of camel and asses all do together to draw warmth from each other's body except for two guards patrolling near the baggage wagon the only movement in the camp was a tall and moving shadow outlined against the goat's head wall of patrol's great tent inside patrol's paced angrily back and forth pausing occasionally to frown and shake his head at the youth leaning timidly near the tent opening. Finally, he lowered his ailing body to the cold woven rug and beckoned the lad to move closer. Afid, you have always been as my own. I am perplexed and puzzled by your strange request. Are you not content with your work? The boy's eyes were fixed on the rock. No, sir. Perhaps the ever-increasing size of our caravan has made your tax of tending to all our animals too great. No, sir. Then kindly repeat your request. Include also in their words the reasoning behind such an unusual request. It is my desire to become a seller of your goods instead of only your camel boy. I wish to become as added Simon, Caleb, and the other who depart from our baggage wagon with animals barely able to crawl from the weight of your goods and will return with gold for thee, gold for themselves, 
I desire to improve my lowly passion position in life. As a camel boy, I am nothing. But as a salesman for you, I can acquire wealth and success. How do you know this? Often I have heard you say that no other trade or profession has more opportunity for one to rise from poverty to great wealth than the, that of salesman. Patros began to know, but thought better of it and continued to question the youth. Does thou believe you are capable of performing as others and other sellers? Afid stared intently at the old man and replied, Many times have I overheard Caleb complain to you about misfortune that accounted for his lack of sales, and many times have I heard you remind him that anyone could sell all the goods in your warehouse within small passing of time, if he but applied himself to learn the principles and law of selling. If you believe that Caleb, whom everyone calls a fool, can learn these principles, then can I can can cannot I also acquire this principle, this special knowledge? If you should master this principle, what will be your goal in life? Afid hesitated and then said. It has been repeated throughout the land that you are a great salesman. The world has never seen a trade empire such as you have built through your mastery of salesmanship. My ambition is to become even greater than you, the greatest merchant, the wealthiest man, and the greatest salesman in all the world. Patros leaned back and studied the young dark face. The smell from the animal was still on his cloth, but the youth displayed his humility, little humility in his manner. And what will you do with all this great wealth and the fearsome power that will surely accomplish it? I will do as you do. My family will be provided with the finest of worldly go goods and rest I will share. With those in need. Patros shook his head. Wealth, my son, should never be your goal in life. Your words are eloquent, but they are mere words. True wealth is of the heart and not of the pearls. Afid persisted. Are thou not wealthy, sir? The old man smiled at Afid's boldness. Afid, so far as material wealth is concerned, there is only one difference between myself and the lowliest beggar outside Eros Palace. The beggar thinks only of his next meal, and I think only of the meal that will be my last. No, my son, do not aspire for wealth and labor not only to be rich. Strive instead to, for happiness, to be loved and to love and most important to acquire peace of mind and serenity. Afid continued to persist, but these things are impossible without gold. Who can live in poverty with peace of mind? How can one be happy with an empty stomach? How can one demonstrate love for one's family if he is unable to feed and clothe and house them? You yourself have said that wealth is good when it brings joy to others. Why then is my ambition to be wealthy not a good one? Poverty may be a privilege and even a way of life for the monk in the desert, for he has only himself to sustain and none but his God to please. But I consider poverty to be the mark of a lack of ability or lack of ambition. I am not deficient in either of these qualities. Patros frowned. What has caused this sudden outburst of ambition? You speak of providing for a family, yet you have no family, lest it be I who 
have adopted you since the pestilence removed their mother and father. Afid's son darkened skin could not hide the sudden flush in his cheeks. While he encamped in Hebron, while we encamped in Hebron, before joining here, I met the daughter of Canel. She, 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 she. Oh, oh. Now the truth emerged. Love not noble idea has changed my camel boy into a mighty soldier, ready to battle the world. Colonel is a very wealthy man, his daughter and a camel boy, never, but his daughter and a rich, young and handsome marshal, her. That is another matter. Very well, my young soldier, I will help you begin your career as a salesman. The lad fell to his knee and grasped Patro's rope. Sir, sir, how can I say the word to show my thanks? Patros freed himself from Alfie's grip and stepped back. I would suggest you withhold your thanks for the present. Whatever aid I give thee would be as green of sand compared to the mountain you must move for yourself. Let's go on. Afi's joy immediately subsided as he asked, Will you not teach me the principles and laws that will transform me into a great salesman? I will not. No more than I have made your early youth soft and easy through pampering. I have been criticized often for condemning my adopted son to the life of a camel boy. But I believe that if the right fire was burning inside, it would eventually emerge. And when it did, you would be far more a man for your years of difficult toils. Tonight, your request has made me happy for the fire of ambition glows in your eyes. And your face shines with burning desire. This is the good. This is good, and my judgment is vindicated. But you must still prove that there is more behind your words than hair. Afid was silent, and the old man continued. First, you must prove to me, and more important to yourself, that you can endure the life of a salesman. For it is not an, e an easy lot you have chosen. Truly many times have you heard me say that the rewards are great if one succeeds. But the rewards are great only because so few succeed. Many succumb to despair and fail without realizing that they already possess all the tools needed. To acquire great wealth. Many others face each obstacle in their path with fear and doubt and consider them as enemies when in truth these obstructions are friends and helpers. Obstacles are necessary for success because in selling, as in all career of importance, victory comes only after many struggles and countless defeats. Yet each struggle, each defeat, sharpens your skills and strengthens your courage and your endurance, your ability and your confidence, and thus each obstacle is a comrade in arm forcing you to become better or quit. Each rebuff is an opportunity to move forward, turn away from them. Avoid them and you throw away your future. The youth nodded and made as if to speak, but the old man raised his hand and continued. Furthermore, you are embarking on the loneliest profession in the world. Even the despised tax collector returned to their home at sundown, and the legion of Rome have a barrack to call home. 
but you will witness many setting sun far from all friends and loved ones. Nothing can bring the art of loneliness upon a man so swiftly as to pass a strange house in the dark and witness in the lamp's light from within a family breaking even bread together. It is in this period of loneliness that temptation will confront you. Patros continued, How you meet this temptation will greatly affect your career. When you are on the road with only your animal, it is a strange and often frightening sensation. Often our perspective and our value are temporarily forgotten and will become like children longing for the safety and love of our own. What we find as a substitute has ended the career of many, including thousands who we are considered to have great potential in the art of selling. Furthermore, there will be no one to humor you or console you when you have sold no good. No one except those who seek to separate you from your money pouch. I will be careful and eat the words of warning. Then let us begin. For the present, you will receive no more advice. You stand before me as a green fig. Until the fig is ripe, it cannot be called a fig. And until you have been exposed to knowledge and experience, you cannot be called a salesman. How shall I begin? In the morning, you are to report to Savior at the baggage wagon. It will release in your charge one of the finest seamless rope. It is woven from the air of a goat and will withstand even the heaviest rain and it is dyed red from the root of a murder plant so that the color will always hold fast. Near the hem you will find sun on the inside a small star. This is a mark of Tola, whose guild makes the finest rope in the old world. Next to the star is my mark, a cycle within a square. Both these marks are known and respected throughout the land, and we have sold countless thousands of this rope. I have dealt with the Jews so long that I only know their names for such garment as this. It is called an abia. Take the rope and a donkey and they part at dawn for Bethlehem. The village which our caravan passed through before arriving here, none of our sellers ever visit there. They report that it is a waste of time because the people are so poor. Yet many years ago, I sold hundreds of robes among the shepherds there. Remain in Bethlehem until you have sold the robe. Afid nodded, attempting in vain to conceal his excitement. At what price shall I sell the robe, master? I will enter a charge of one silver denarius against your name on my ledger. When you return, you will remit one silver denarius to me. Keep all that you receive in excess of these as your commission. So in fact, you set the price of the robe yourself. You may visit the market price, which is at the south entry of town, or you may wish to consider calling on each dwelling in the town itself, of which I am certain there are over a thousand. Certainly, it is conceivable that one robe can be sold there. Do you not agree? Afid nodded again, his mind already on the morrow. Patros placed his hand gently on the lad's shoulder. I will place no one on your, in your position until you return. 
if you discover that your stomach is not for this profession i will understand and you must not consider yourself in disgrace never feel shame for trying and failing for he who never failed is he who never tried upon your return i will question you at length concerning your experiences then i will decide how i shall proceed with helping you to make your outlandish dream come true afid bowed and turned to leave but the old man was not finished son there is one precept that you must remember as you begin this new life keep it away in your mind and you will overcome seemingly impossible obstacles that are certain to confront you as they do everyone with ambition afid waited yes sir failure will never overtake you if your determination to succeed is strong enough patros stepped close to the youth do you comprehend the full meaning of my word yes sir then repeat them to me failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough you see there let's do it Afid pushed aside the half-eaten loaf of bread and considered his unhappy fate. Tomorrow will be the, his fourth day in Bethlehem, and the single red robe that has carried so that he had carried so confidently away from the caravan was still in the pack on the back of his animal. Now tethered to a stick. In the cave behind the inn, he heard not the noise that surrounded him in the overcrowded dining hall as he squalled at his unfinished meal. Doubts that have assailed every seller since the beginning of time passed through his mind. Why will the people not listen to my story? How does one command their attention? Why do they close their doors before I have said five words? Why do they lose interest in my talk and walk away? Is every poor, everyone poor in the in the in this town? What can I say when they tell me they like the robe but cannot afford it? Why do so many tell me to return at a later time? How do others sell when I cannot? What is this fear that seizes me when I approach a closed door and how can I overcome it? Is my price not in line with other sellers? He shook his head in disgust at his failure. Perhaps this was not the life for, for him. Perhaps he should, you know, remain a camel boy and continue earning only coppers for each day's labor. As a seller of goods, he would indeed be fortunate if he returned to caravan with any profit at all. What had Patros called him a young soldier? He wished momentarily that he were backed with his animal then his thoughts turned to to lisa and to her stern father colonel and the doubt quickly left his mind tonight he would again sleep in the hills to conserve his funds and tomorrow he would sell the robe furthermore he would speak with such eloquence that the robe would bring a good price he would begin early, just after dawn, and station himself near the town well. He would address everyone that approached, and within a short time, he would be returning to the Mount of Olive with silver in his purse. 
He reached for the unfinished bread and began to eat. While he thought of his master, Patros would be proud of him because he had not dis despaired and returned as a failure. In truth, four days was much too long a time to consummate the sales of but one simple rope. But if he, he could accomplish the deed in four days, he knew he could learn from Patros how to accomplish it in three days, then two days. In time, he would become so proficient that he would sell many robes every hour. Then he would indeed be a salesman of repute. He departed from the noisy inn and headed towards the cave and his animal. The shield air had stiffened the grass with a thin coating of frost, and each blade crackled with complaint from the pressure of its sander. Afi decided not to ride into the hills tonight. Instead, he would rest in the cave with his animal. Tomorrow, he knew, would be a better day, although now he understood why the others always bypassed this unprosperous village. They had said that no sales could be made here, and he had recalled their words every time someone had refused to buy his robe. Yet patrols have sold hundreds of robes here many years ago. Perhaps times had been different. Then and after all, Patros was a great salesman. A flickering light from the cave caused him to hasten his step for fear that a chief was within. He rushed through the opening in the limestone, ready to overcome the criminal and recover his possession. Instead, the tenseness immediately left his body at the side that confronted him. A small candle forced between a cleft and a cave wall shone faintless, faintly on a bearded man and a young woman all drew closely together at their feet in a hollowed out stone that usually had cattle fodder, slept an infant. Afid knew little of such things, but he sensed that the baby was newborn from the shy wrinkled and crimson skin to protect the sleeping infant from the cold. Both the man's and the woman's cloak covered all but the small head. The man nodded in Afid's direction while the woman moved closer to the child. No one spoke. Then the woman trembled and Afid saw her a thin garment offered little protection against the dampness of the cave. Afid looked again at the infant. He watched, fascinated as a small mouth opened and closed. Almost in a smile, and a strange sensation passed through him. For some unknown reason, he thought of Lisa. The woman trembled again from the cold, and a sudden movement returned Afid from his daydreaming. After a painful moment of indecision, the would be seller of goods walked to his animal. He carefully untied the knot, opened a spark and withdrew the rope. He unrolled it and rubbed his hand over the material. The red dye glowed in the candlelight, and he could see the mark of Patros and the mark of Tola on its underside, the circle in the square and the star. How many times had he held this, this rope in his tired arms in the past three days? It seemed as if he knew every weave and fiber of it. This was indeed a robe of quality. With care, it would last a lifetime. 
Afid closed his eyes and sighed. Then he walked swiftly towards a small family, knelt on the straw beside the infant, and gently removed the first the father tethered cloth and then the mothers from the manger. He handed it back to its owner. Both were too shocked at Afid's boldness to react. Then Afid opened his precious red robe and wrapped it gently around the sleeping baby. Moisture from the young mother kids was still on Afid's cheek as he led his animal out of the cave. Directly above him was the brightest star Afid had ever seen. He stared up at it until his eyes filled with tears and then he handed his animal through the path that led towards the main back the main road back to Jerusalem and the caravan on the mountain. Afid rode slowly, his head bowed so that he no longer noticed the star spreading its path of light before him. Why had he committed such a foolish act? He knew not those people in the cave. Why had he not attempted to sell the rope to them? What would he tell Patros and the others? They would roll on the ground with laughter when they learned that he had given away a rope with which he had been charged. Anto, a strange baby in a cave. He searched his mind for a tale that would deceive Patros. Perhaps he could say that the rope had been stolen from, the, from, his, from his animal while he was in the dining hall. Would Patros believe such a tale? After all, there were many bandits in the land, and should Patros believe him, would he not then be condemned for carelessness? All too soon he reached the path that led through the Garden of Gethsemane. He dismounted and walked wearily ahead of the moor until he arrived at the caravan. The light from the from above made it seem as daylight, and the confrontation he had been dreading was quickly upon him as he saw Patros outside his tent, staring into the heavens. Afid remained motionless, but the old man noticed him almost immediately. There was awe in the voice of Patros as he approached the youth and asked, Have you come directly from Bethlehem? Yes, master. Are you not alarmed that a star should follow you? I had, I had not noticed, sir. I had not noticed. I have been unable to move from this spot since I first saw the star rise over Bethlehem nearly two hours ago. Never have I seen one that one with more color and brightness. Then as I watched, it began to move in the heavens and approach our caravan. Now that is directly overhead, you appear, and by the gods, it moves no more. Patros approached Afid and studied the youth's face closely as he asked, Did you participate in some extraordinary event while in Bethlehem? No, sir. The old man frowned as if deep in thought. I, I have never known a night or experience such as this. Afid flinched. This night I shall never forget either, master. Oh, oh. <laughs> then something did indeed happen this evening. How is it that thou returned at such a late hour? Afid was silent as the old man turned and prodded at the park on Afid's mall. It is empty. Success at last. Come into my tent and tell me of your experiences. 
Since the gods have turned night into day, I cannot sleep. And perhaps your words will furnish some clue as to why a star should follow a camel boy. Patrus reclined on his couch and listened with closed eyes to Afid's long tale of endless refusal, rebuffs, and insult, which had been encountered in Bethlehem. Occasionally, he would nod. As when Afid described the poultry merchant who had thrown him bodily from his shop and he smiled when told of the Roman soldier who had flung the rope back in Afid's face when the young seller had refused to reduce his price. Finally, Afid, his voice hoarse and muffled, was describing all the doubts that had beset him in the inn this very evening. Patros interrupted him. Afid, as well as you can recall, relate to me every doubt that passed through your mind as you sat feeling sorry for yourself. When Afid had named them all to the best of his recollection, the old man asked, Now, what thought finally entered your mind? which drove away the doubt and gave you new courage to decide to try again to sell rope on the morrow. Afid considered his reply for a moment and then said, I thought only of the daughter of Carnel. Even in that foul inn, I knew that I could never face her again if I failed. Then Afid's voice broke, but I failed her anyway. You failed? I do not understand. The robe did not return with thee. In a voice so low that Patros found it necessary to lean forward in order to hear, Afid related the incident of the cave, the infant and the robe, and the youth spoke. Patros glanced again and again at the open tent flap and the brightness beyond which still illuminated the campground. A smile began to form on his puzzled face, and he did not notice that the lad had ceased with his story and was now sobbing. Soon the soap subsided, and there was only silence in the great tent. Afi dared not look up at his master. He had failed and proven that he was ill-equipped to be anything more than a camel boy. He fought back the urge to leap up and run from the tent. Then he felt the great salesman's hand on his shoulder and forced him to look into his eye, into the eyes of Patro. My son, this trip has not been of much profit to you. No, sir, but to me it has. The star which followed you has cured me of a blindness that I am reluctant to admit. I will explain this matter to you only after will return to Palmyra. Now I make a request of thee. Yes, master. Our sellers will begin returning to the caravan before sundown tomorrow, and their animals will need your care. Are you willing to return to your duty as camel boy after for, for the present? Afid rose resignedly and bowed towards his benefactor. Whatever you ask of me, that I will do, and I am sorry that I have failed you. Go then and prepare for the return of our men, and we shall meet again when we are in Palmyra. As Afid stepped through the tent opening, bright light from above momentarily blinded him. He rubbed his eyes and heard Patros call from inside the tent. The youth turned and stepped back inside, waiting for the old man to speak. Patros pointed towards him and said, Sleep in peace, for you have not failed. The bright star remained above throughout the night. Nearly a fortnight after the caravan had returned to its headquarters in Palmyra, Afid was awakened from his straw court in the stable and summoned to appear before Patros. 
He hastened to the bed chamber of the master and stood uncertainly before the huge bed which dwarfed its occupants. Patros opened his eyes and struggled with his coverings until he was sitting upright. His face was gaunt, and blood vessels bulged in his hands. It was difficult for Afi to believe that this was the same man with whom he had spoken only twelve days ago. Patros motioned towards the lower half of the bed, and the youth sat carefully on its edge, waiting for the old man to speak. Even Patros's voice was different in sound and pitch from the last meeting. My son, you have had many days to reconsider your ambitions. Is it still within thee to become a great salesman? Yes, sir. The ancient head nodded. So be it. I had planned to spend much time with you, but as you can see, there are other plans for me. Although I considered myself a good salesman, I am unable to sell debts on departing from my door. He has been waiting for this like a hungry dog at our kitchen door. Like the dog, he knows that eventually the door will be left unguarded. Coughing interrupted Patros and Afids sat motionlessly, motionless as the old man gasped for, for hair. Finally, the cough ceased and Patros smiled weakly. Our time together is brief, so let us begin. First, remove the small cedar chest which is beneath this bed. Afid knelt and pulled out a small leather strapped box. He placed it below the contour made by Patros's legs on the bed. The old man cleared his throat. <clears throat> Many years ago, when I possessed less status than even a camel boy, I was privileged to rescue a traveler from the east who had been set upon by two bandits. He insisted that I had saved his life and wished to reward me although I sought none. Since I had neither a family nor funds, he enjoined me to return with him to his home and king where I was accepted as one of his own. One day after I had grown accustomed to my new life, he introduced me to this chest. Inside were ten leather scrolls, each one numbered. The first contained the secret of learning. The others contained all the secrets and principles necessary to become a great success in the art of selling. For the next year, I was tutored each day on the wise words of the scroll. And with the secret of learning from the first scroll, I eventually memorized every word on every scroll until they had become a part of my thinking and my life. They became habits. At last, I was presented with a chest containing all ten scrolls, a sealed letter, and a purse containing fifty gold pieces. The sealed letter was not to be opened until my adopted home was out of sight. I bade the family farewell and waited until I had reached the trade route to Palmyra before opening the letter. The content commanded me to take the gold piece, apply what I had learned from the scrolls, 
and begin a new life. The letter further commanded me to always hear half of what, whatever wealth I would acquire with other less fortunate. But the letter's crows were neither to be given nor shared with anyone until the day when I would be given a special sign that would tell me who was, who was the next chosen to receive the scrolls. Afi shook his head. I do not understand, sir. I will explain. I have remained on watch for this person with a sign for many years. And while I watched, I applied what I learned from the scrolls to amass a great fortune. I had almost come to believe that no such person would ever appear before my death until you return from your trip to Bethlehem. My first inkling that you were the chosen one to receive the scroll came upon me when you appeared under the bright star that followed you from Bethlehem. In my heart, I have tried to comprehend the meaning of this event, but I am re resigned not to challenge their actions of the gods. Then when you told me of giving up the rope which meant so much to you, something within my heart spoke and told me that my long search was ended. I had finally found he who was ordained to next receive the chest. Strangely, as soon as I knew I had found the right ones, my life's energy began to slowly drain away. Now I am near the end, but my long search is over and I can depart from this world in peace. The old man's voice grew faint, but he clenched his bony fist and leaned closer to Afid. Listen closely, my son. For I have, if I will have no strength to repeat these words. Afid's eyes were moist as he moved nearer to his master. Their hands touched, and the graces man inhaled with effort. I now pass on this chest and its valuable contents to thee. But first, there are certain conditions to which you must agree. In the chest is a purse with 100 gold talents. This will enable you to live and pursue and purchase a small supply of rocks with which you can enter the business world. I could bestow on you great wealth, but this would do you a terrible disservice. Far better is it that you become the world's wealthiest and greatest man says man on your own you see i have not forgotten your goals depart from this city immediately and go to damascus there you will find unlimited opportunities to apply what the scroll will teach after you have secured lodging you will open only the scroll marked one you are to read this over and over until you understand fully the secret method which it relates and which you will use in learning the principles of selling success contained on the other scrolls. As you learn from each scroll, you can begin to sell the rocks you have purchased. And if you combine what you learn with the experience you acquire and continue to study each scroll as instructed, your sales will grow in number each day. My first condition then is that you must swear under oath that you will follow the instructions contained in this scroll, marked one. Do you agree? Yes, sir. Good, good, good. And when you apply the principle of the scrolls, you will become far wealthier than you have ever dreamed. 
My second condition is that you must constantly dispose of half your earnings to those less fortunate than you. There must be no deviation from this condition. Will you agree? Yes, sir. And now, the most important condition of all. You are forbidden to share these scrolls or the wisdom they contain with anyone. One day, there will appear a person who will transmit to you a sign, just as a star, and your unselfish action were the signs I sought. When this happens, you will recognize this sign, even though the person transmitting it may be ignorant that he is the chosen person. When your heart assures you that you are correct, you will pass over to him or her. The chest and its content. And when this is done, there need be no conditions imposed on the receiver, such as were imposed on me, and which I now impose on you. The letter which I received so long ago commanded that the the thought to receive this scroll could share their message with the world if so desire. Will you promise to carry out the thought condition? I will. Patros sighed in relief, as if a heavy weight had been removed from his body. He smiled weakly and cupped Afid's face with his bony hands. Take this chest and depart. I will see thee no more. Go with my love and with my wishes for success. And may your leisure eventually share all the happiness your future will bring you. Tears unashamedly rolled down Afid's cheek as he took the chest and carried it through the open bedroom door. He paused outside, placed the chest on the floor and turned back towards its master. Failure will never overtake me if my determination to succeed is strong enough. The old man smiled faintly and nodded. He raised his hand in farewell. Afid, with his animal, entered the walled city of Damascus through the east gate. He rode along the street called Straight with doubts and trepidation and the noise and shouting from hundreds of bazaars did little to ease his fear. It was wanting to arrive in a large city with a powerful trade caravan such as that of Patros. It was another to be unprotected and alone. Street merchants rushed at him from all sides, holding up merchandise, each screaming louder than the next. He, pa he passed cell-like shops and bazaars displaying craftsmanship of coppersmiths, silversmiths, saddlers, weavers, carpenters, and each step of his mall brought him face to face with another vendor, hands outstretched, wailing words of self-pity. Directly ahead of him, beyond the western wall of the city, rose Mount Hermon. Although the season was summer, its top was still capped with white and it seemed to look down on the cacophony of the marketplace with tolerance and forbearance. Eventually, Afi turned off the famous street and inquired about lodging, which he had no difficulty finding in an inn called Mosca. His room was cleaned and he paid his rent for a month in advance, which immediately established his standing with Antonine, the owner. Then he stabled his animal behind the inn, 
separated himself in the water of the Barada and returned to his room. He placed the small cedar chest at the foot of his court and proceeded to unroll the leather trappings. The cover opened easily and he gazed down at the leather scroll. Finally, he reached inside and touched the leather. It gave under his finger as if it were alive and he hurriedly withdrew his hand. He arose and stepped towards the latticed window through which sounds poured from the noisy marketplace nearly half a mile distance. Fear and doubt returned again as he looked in the direction of the muffled voices and he felt his confidence waning. He closed his eyes, leaned his head against the wall and cried aloud, How foolish I am to dream that I, a mere camel boy, will one day be acclaimed as the greatest salesman in the world when I have not even courage to ride through the stalls of the orca in the street. Today my eyes have witnessed hundreds of salesmen, all far better equipped for their profession than I. All had boldness, enthusiasm, and persistence. All seemed equipped to survive in the jungle of the market. How stupid and presumptuous to think I can compete with and surpass them. Patros, my patros, I fear that I will fail you again. He threw himself on his cot and weary from his travels, he sobbed until he slept. When he awoke, it was morning. Even before he opened his eyes, he heard the sheriff. Then he sat up and stared in disbelief at the sparrow perched on an open cover of the chest containing the scroll. He ran to the window. Outside thousands of sparrows clustered in the fig trees and sycamores, each welcoming the day with sun. As he watched, some landed on the window, on the window ledge, but quickly flew away when Afid moved even slightly. Then he turned and looked at the chest again. His feathered visitors cocked its head and stared back at the youth. Afid walked slowly to the chest. His hand extended. The bird leaped into his palm. Thousands of your kind are outside and afraid. But you had the courage to come through the window. The bird pecked sharply at Afid's skin. And the youth carried him towards the table. Where his knapsack contained bread and cheese. He broke off chunk and placed them beside his small friend who began to eat. A thought came to Afid and he returned to the window. He rubbed his hand against the opening of the lattice. They were so small that it seemed almost impossible for the sparrow to have entered. Then he remembered the voice of Patros, and he repeated the words aloud. Failure will never overtake you if your determination to succeed is strong enough. He returned to the chest and reached inside one letter scroll. And reached inside. One letter scroll was more worn than the rest. He removed it from the box and gently unrolled it. The fear 
he had known was gone. Then he looked towards the sparrow. He too was gone. Only crumbs of bread and cheese remained as the evidence of his visit from the little bird with courage. Alfred glanced down at the scroll. Its heading read the scroll marked one. He began to read. Before we, we start checking the scrolls, one after the other, the next podcast will be, you know, talking on a general basis on what we have read and listened to so far. It's a pleasure having you this far. I know we're together and we're going further together. Thank you. So far, I know you, are, you have actually, you know, learned one or two things from the greatest salesman in the world. We have not started reading the scrolls, but then um, what we have read so far, it's worth it. By now, you, you should know one or two things that have stopped you from becoming a better version of yourself. Afid was that young man who had the uh, Patros as his as his master. He had the guts. He wants to become better. He wants to you know improve his status. And he was ready to go all out. But it, it was not rosy as he thought. It was not as easy as he you know planned. But his, his willingness, his willingness gave him a breakthrough. His willingness made him to become a star boy. His willingness made him to become, you know, the chosen one. His readiness, his willingness, his good-heartedness made him to be able to access, you know, uh, timeless principles that will bring his desires to life. A lot of things went through, you know, a lot of things went through, was almost discouraged and all of that. Just a camel boy and he wants to be the greatest salesman in the world. But there is no greatness without principles. There is no greatness without principles. Only the man that is ready to adhere to principles, become a principal. So it's it's very important that we you know take note of these things as we go. I, I wish I, I can start talking about a lot of things that um, I personally gained from uh, this 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 journey, but not yet. We'll take it, and I hope that you know very soon we're going to have a live session that will discuss all of these things and. Uh, just to show that you you enjoy the time i want to appreciate you again for you know uh making it a point of duty to listen and to be ready to do remember our commitment you will listen you will commit to heart and you will do all that is needed for you to become a better person so, it's good having you around. Don't forget Afid, the greatest salesman in the world. You are next.